Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. Welcome, everybody, to episode 119 of the Greenlight Podcast, POC, E-Frage. We are joined by nobody this episode, but college basketball has officially launched. We are back. We are back. We are getting back. We're back with back. like a it's, – it's, we're back with like a wisp. We're not back with like a bang. We're back no. with like a, hey, I tap you on your shoulder. Hey, we're, we're here. Can you let us in? Because – and I don't want to knock college basketball. It's a real creepy this, back. It's a real it has been back. like, I enjoyed watching a plethora of basketball games last night. Here we're recording this on Tuesday, November 8th. So we have one night full slate of basketball last night that both of like all of our teams played. Our alma mater played, Virginia played, Duke uh-huh. played. And while I enjoyed having it back, there was nothing like inspiring about college basketball and the slate of games yesterday. No. And it, it, it's actually worse today. Goodman tweeted, I don't even know what to tell people to watch, basically, because it's so bad. Um, now, so that that's it's yeah. topic number one. It's topic And normally one we five. would be getting, normally, to be fair, we would be getting the Champions Classic tonight. But because of Election Day, it's pushed to next week. So, but even then, we're looking at it, I think the first ranked matchup we have is going to be next Tuesday in the Champions Classic. So you're going a full week of 350 plus teams that there's not a single matchup between ranked teams in this first week. And then next week, it's going to be uh, Champions Classic, where probably Oscar Sheebway is out. Probably Duke's two best players are out. Kansas is probably they don't not even have their have, head coach. Bill, Bill Self's not going to coach. So my only plea, and I get there's not, and this is probably why we need just a czar of basketball in general, and I, I once again want to nominate Brad Stevens for that. Um, but... There's not a person that it's up to these schools to come up with their schedules and do that, but there needs to be something because college football has figured it out of like week one. And, and, and if college football can figure it out when every game means more, you're only playing 12 games in college basketball, you're playing 30 plus and it doesn't mean as much. These coaches shouldn't be scared to go out on a limb and play a tougher opponent right away. And not even if it's last night's okay, okay, fine. Follow it up with something else later this week. Like I'm, I'm fine with a Virginia playing an NC Central. Actually, NC Central was a good team. It was a good test. I'm fine with Duke playing Jacksonville. It should have been a better test. And on paper, it doesn't look great matchup wise. But we have to figure out a way that the buzz around college basketball gets the casual fan to tune in to just quote unquote grow the game. That's that's my soapbox I'm standing on. Yeah, I mean, we're all in agreement. I think the vast majority of games in week one are pretty trash. Um, it does take away kind of that early John Rothstein excitement. Um, you know, we sleep in May type vibe when, you know, you're turning on a bunch of D1s against non-D1s. And I mean, there was what was the James Madison score? I mean, they won by, uh, they won by 85. 85. Uh, I don't remember the final, but I mean, Valley Forge is a division three team that went five and 14 last year. Now, typically JMU has usually been playing either Bridgewater college or EMU, the two local D threes, which maybe they put up a little bit more competition and actually like that better because you get the exposure to the fans. Like you get to see a local team play the big team and same way that JMU, when they match up against Virginia, those fans get that excitement. The Bridgewater yeah. and Eastern Mennonite fans get that as well. Valley Forge, I'm not sure what the connection was there. Um, but, like, you're not – that. that's the extreme extreme. No one's getting – like, even the walk-ons weren't getting tested there. Like, Valley no. Forge is playing a two I, – I tuned in for some of it. Valley Forge is playing a 2-3, and literally – when they tried to score on offense themselves, couldn't even get a shot up because there was a six, seven inch height differential on every single player across the board. So yeah. I, I I'm totally fine with like a Virginia playing NC central. I'm totally fine with that. 
I just wish we had a way to sprinkle something in. Now, one thing we bring up is it looks like it might not be week one, but it's going to be in November. They announced a max Sunbelt challenge next year, which is yep. a home and home, which is awesome. Not yep. just a one game. It's going to be one in February and one in November, which is awesome. But that's, I think, where we have to look to is like, can we get. Can we do the AC? Can we do all the challenges right away to start? Yeah. Or sprinkle them across the beat. Like even I know that for TV reason, they have it all at the same time as the two nights or across three nights. But like, even if you want to spread them out, like I would love to like Virginia plays Michigan this year. Like I'd love to have that within the first two weeks. And maybe like, all right, maybe because Duke's playing the Champions Classic, they don't have to play theirs till a few weeks later or whatever it may be, but have something tied in from the conference level that at least ties somewhat competitive matchup or a somewhat juicy headline along the way. The fact that there was no, and I gave us Monday Night Football last night too, there's no college basketball on ESPN. There was nothing like Duke was on, like you're the first game of the John Shire era and no knock at the ACC network. I know it's part of ESPN, but like, I'm sitting there thinking, like, we had the biggest fanfare ever for Coach K's last game in Cameron. You'd think there'd be some trickle down effect for Shire's first game at himself. Well, they had they had um, which half the country came Luke, to see ACC Network. No, it sucked. Luke Hancock, Joel Berry, and Boozer, and I cannot remember the woman's name. Yeah. And they 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 went to Duke first. They did the pre-game yeah. thing. They watched the first 10 minutes and then they went over to Chapel Hill and did the exact same thing for the Carolina game, which is actually kind of cool. Yeah. Joel Berry, not great. We gotta, we, we gotta improve. uh, I like Hancock's not bad. I like Luke. Hancock's not bad. Um, Barry just feels like he says the most generic things. Just, it almost feels like he's just playing it safe. Like that's kind of how it feels. Like he's just like, I'm not going to rock the boat at all. Kind of static. Um, yeah. And just be, yeah, kind of boring. But anyway, uh, back to the, yeah, we, we're all in agreement. The start of the season is kind of lackluster. Memphis was the only top 25 team that was on the road. Um, I think they start their season on the road two games in a row, I believe. Um, everybody else has a long, uh, you know, nine, 10 game homestand with, you know, a champions class. And to be fair, Memphis, and it's no slots. Like they played Vanderbilt as a power conference team. You're going what a uh, few hours. I mean, it's on the other side of state. You're, it's still in state. And then now St. Louis will be, I, I will give them so much credit. They don't play until it's not till next Tuesday, but that's a great matchup for them. Memphis is yeah. 28th and Kempom St. Louis is 35th. They just ran through Murray state last night. Like it's a good matchup. Weird schedule that Memphis would go a week, right? Very odd. Um, unless I'm missing something here. Um, no, but I remember. Yeah. It's and weird. then they go, and then they're home against VCU, and they go neutral site against Seton Hall. Like you've got, they've got four top 100 teams, and they're of their, they're all of their four first matchups are against top 100 teams. Which kudos to Penny, especially because, um, I mean, he does, I know he brings back a lot, um, but it is a different team than, um, than than last year. You lose Jalen Duran, you lose Amani Bates, no matter how much he played or the impact he had. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're starting. I mean. This is these are games that when we get to selection Sunday and not saying Memphis is going to be on the bubble is going to be in where their seating is. You're going to look at how they played in these four games as quality wins, which is a different argument for a different day about if games should matter the same in November as they do in March, the conference tournament. And they, but they, they do kudos not to them. I mean, they're playing four top 100 teams like. It's better than I, I think it was maybe Arkansas a couple of years ago that their entire non-conference was like 275 and up. So kudos to Penny for that. Yeah, I, I also think going back to the lackluster beginning of the season, games count less. It, it's just no one on the committee would ever probably say that out loud, but they 1000% mean less early in the season. And you can hear it as the announcers you know, talk about teams. It's like, oh, well, you know, they beat a Duke team uh, in November that, you know, was just not themselves. Not, yeah. You know, I think a win that. can help. Yeah. I think a win can help you because you're just going to stick that on your. Oh, resume. yeah. It's never going to hurt. A win's going to help you. But a loss, yeah. an early loss is way easier to overcome than the, the. I just think that the value of a strong win early, like in a resume win. Now you run, you just run the risk. Like 
you don't want to shoot guys confidence and things like that. If they come out and just get their doors blown off of them. But at the same time, like I'm looking at it from two ways. I don't, I I don't want to say, Hey, you got to, you got to play hard teams. And also when you've got the teams that the buy games run their athletic department or basically fund their entire athletic department, there's a place and time for that. I just wish that we had four or five matchups just sprinkled in here that we could really um, get some buzz flowing because right now, like, what we're going to get some good matchups around Maui and the, and, and around Thanksgiving and stuff, but then that's still also big time football. Like we're really not going to get into heavy, like, Hey, we're in college basketball and bless your diehard until later, unfortunately, yeah. but yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's jump in. We're going to do a different preview. Obviously we've already had a, a day. Um, so we'll kind of recap our, our go-tos as normal, but um, shout out to our guy, Ryan hammer at FanDuel. Um, he, we always talk about this in March. We usually have him on in March and talk about this exact stat. So here we go. 28 of the last 33 national champs were ranked in the top 11 of the AP poll, including all of the last 11 champions. So let me repeat that. The last 11 national champions were all in the preseason AP poll top 11 and 28 of the last 33 national champs were in it. So that's number one. So that means that there are only technically, if we're going by the numbers, 11 teams that can win it. That's UNC, Gonzaga, Houston, Kentucky, Kansas, Baylor, Duke, UCLA, Creighton, Arkansas, Tennessee. Now here's one more stat. Every year since 2016, a team ranked outside the Ken Palm 25 has reached the final four in 2016. It was Syracuse in 2017. It was South Carolina in 2018. It was Michigan in 2019. It was Texas tech. Obviously we skipped 2020 in 2021 UCLA in 2022. Surprisingly enough, UNC, they were in like the forties. So, I mean, yeah, they were still in and they were, Really, well, they're eight seed or nine seed going into there. Like, it, yeah, it, no, it really they was yeah. bad in the beginning. They were bad. Um, okay, so let me, I'm going to repeat these one more time. The teams that can win a national championship this year, according to stats, you know, it's not 1000% accurate, but it's pretty damn close. UNC, Gonzaga, Houston, Kentucky, Kansas, Baylor, Duke, UCLA, Creighton, Arkansas, Tennessee. And here's my favorite none of the last 10 champions were ranked number one in the preseason AP poll which means UNC can't win it. So I'm pumped. Okay. That's what that means. Um, also one more, one more fun stat, one more fun stat, a West coast school. So if you're betting on UCLA this year, a West coast school hasn't won the national championship since what year, Ian? It is a Arizona? long time. Arizona. Yes. Correct. 2000. Yes. No. Yeah. Two thousand. No. Right. No. No. Two thousand was uh, Michigan State. Oh one was Duke. They no Arizona won it in ninety seven. They won okay. it in ninety seven. Nuts. Yeah. It's pretty wild. I mean, when you Nuts. think about it, and along with that, I mean, that's you, you to bring up Michigan State. Last time a Big Ten team won a national championship. I know, man. We always so, I mean the West Coast. And it's funny, and we're not going to dive into this episode when we talk about like Big 12s talking to Gonzaga about expansion, like Big 12s potentially leaning into a basketball conference. They very well could do that. Like they very well because, and look at, I mean, look at, look at the teams that have had success. Look at, I mean, our reigning national champions with Kansas. You look at, I mean, Texas is, is going to be really solid. Texas Tech has been so good. Like the fact that Bob Huggins in West Virginia could be towards the bottom of that as a basketball conference is absolutely wild. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. It's been a long time since we have a West coast champion. It's been a long time since we have a big 10 champion. If you had to put odds on it, do you, would you feel confident saying if you're, if I'm saying you're getting all the big 12 or excuse me, you're getting all the big 10 teams and you're getting all the West coast teams. Are you taking that or are you taking the field to win a national championship? I mean, you would be dumb to say anything other. It's been 25 ish years i yeah. mean what like if you're a betting man and we bet yeah. I, I mean and we don't have any big and to be fair we there are no in that in that 11 that you listed there are no big 10 teams um there's a lot of sec you've got ucla um ACC, big you've 12. got some acc in there but SEC, yeah um yeah and uh, but 
so so I get that by the numbers. Yeah. UCLA is really the only person that you could – UCLA and Gonzaga would be the only ones you break that mold. The one thing before – and we'll dive into each of these teams. The one thing I'd do and, – and I've heard a bunch of people talk about this. Houston, the one thing that – I don't think it scares me because I, I have no problem with Houston. I don't dislike Houston. I don't like Houston. Jim Nance, last Final Four. Jim Nance is a Houston alum. The Final Four is in Houston. Houston has its highest-ranked team – in the preseason in a long time. They went to the final four a couple of years ago. Marcus Sasser's back. They have probably a top three defensive team. They're a top five team in the country. It's is it a storybook setup for them? Or is it like we're looking way too like it's oh it, it could have been the storybook. That's that's the one really interesting thing to me because I think they're a really good team. And it's almost like it it lines up almost too perfectly that I think it wouldn't happen. I think we may have I mean Texas could represent Damn near the whole Final Four. I mean, Houston, no, you Baylor, TCU, like, like, not that maybe, maybe not after last night with TCU, but I. Oh shit! What I, happened to them last night? Oh, buddy, <laughs> they were thirty-four and a half point favorites, I believe, against um, uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. I think it was the team, and they they squeaked out a nice little uh, seventy-three seventy-two win, seventy-three seventy-two. I believe. Let's see what the half the halftime score Listen, was. Don't judge um, a horn frog by game one. They were down forty-six to thirty-five at halftime. <laughs> so it was a I comeback. Mean, it's a comeback story. It, it was. Um, I mean, they held they they gave up forty-six points in the first half, and then held Arkansas Pine Bluff to twenty-six in the second. They scored thirty-five points themselves in the first half. And then forty-eight in the second. So, and and I like these. Actually, I don't want to knock them. Um, it, it was just, it was very interesting. I think it, uh, Jeff Goodman said, "No one wants to go out and limb and say hey, I love my team." Everyone, all the coaches right now, uh, they are always saying, say they. Suck. Hey, we're we're growing, we're building. Right? He said, "Jamie Dix is the only person who's like, I really like our team this year." <laughs> and that's and that's, that's, that's where we end up. Yikes! Um, all right, well let's let's jump into the eleven. I mean, we're not going to do like, you know in-depth deep dives of what we think but we'll go we'll go over uh you know the the highlights i mean unc is the easiest one i mean they return probably the most of any top 11 team obviously caleb love baycott yeah i mean i think i think the real question for them is like how many players are going to be on the first second team all america i mean baycott's like borderline could be national player of the year um, a lot of people talking about RJ Davis being way better than Caleb Love this year and just like taking a big step. Um, they were both, I mean, which is why it led to them being pretty bad in the beginning and middle of the season. They were just both inconsistent when they were both Incredibly on everyone. Players. Yeah. yeah, they were just like, oh, this is the best team in the country. When they were both horrible, it was like they're not going to make the tournament. I mean, you know, January, we were talking about them not making the tournament. Um, and then Nance, you know, the transfer, uh, I saw them play last night. They didn't play great. Um, no. UNC Wilmington was pretty good. You know, the first half was really, really close. Second half, even like down to like seven minutes, UNC Wilmington was down like seven or eight points. Yep. Um, so, you know, they didn't look great, but again, it's game one. So, you know, let's keep the overreactions. Yeah. I, I think the two, the things that scare me for North Carolina and, and they're a great, they're really, they're a great team. They're a talented team. The the two things and, and just this is just it's a one game sample size, but watching last night, the two things that Carolina hangs their hat on is rebounding and getting out in transition. I don't have any numbers to back up. They were not getting out in transition like they typically do, but they were out rebounded by UNC Wilmington 37 to 32. They gave up 16 offensive rebounds to UNC Wilmington, and they only had seven of their own. So that and and they were able to win uh, the final was 69 they won by 13 my i i do it scares me obviously if rj davis and caleb love are the key you have to have consistent production they each had 17 last night armando baycott has to give you basically a double double if baycott yeah. gets into foul trouble and i get like you can go small you can go i i worry if baycott's on the floor and they're giving up they're losing the rebounding battle at unc wilmington that scares me. And well, the other, the last piece I'll put on that, that they really, that last year and even this year, like really propelled them forward 
obviously Brady Manick, I think was the, mo- the biggest key piece of that in his three point wow. shooting and be able to stretch the floor in space. That's it. it. That's and it. They They're went two for so 10 bad. last night. They went two for 10 from three last night. They had one, they had RJ Davis was one for three. Caleb Love was one for four. Um, and really to be honest, like that's, that's two for seven between them. They only took three shots between the rest of the roster. So I'm a little bit worried about a little top heavy, the, the diversification of their mm-hmm. offense. We're getting, we're getting put some big Bonds. words out there, but that's yeah. what that's like. That that scares me a little, and and I didn't watch it heavily enough. I I was bouncing back and forth to know like was UNC Wilmington just trying to take? I doubt they were just trying to take away the three and running them off the line. But who knows that that those if you're from watching it. Um, and then the last side note I want to put on, and this is just I kind of feel bad for him, but um, Justin McCoy transferred from Virginia to UNC. Played a little. He was actually the first person committed to Hubert in the Hubert era. Played more early in the season last year. By the end, was not getting really any minutes. He didn't play a single second last night, and that's with Puff Johnson being out. And also, caveat to their three-point shooting, Puff Johnson did not play. So it's another person that can come in and get buckets for yeah, him. Yeah, is he hurt? But what happened? I, I saw him on the bench. I think I he, remember. Yeah, I think he was hurt. I don't know his knee flare-up or something like that. But regardless of that, it's one of the – I don't want to knock the kid because he was obviously making a decision that was best for him. But the gra- – and and who knows if he's even getting minutes at Virginia right now. But is the grass always greener? You transfer to North Carolina because you weren't playing enough and you didn't feel like you had the offensive freedom at Virginia. Well, now you're in year two. I guess – I believe I guess he has an extra year of eligibility because of COVID. I don't even know if oh, he does. Yeah. But it's – I mean, it's one of those things. It's like – it was on. It was honestly, it was kind of tough to watch and not get off the bench last. Like you had fresh, you had Tyler Nickel, kid from my hometown, yeah. play six minutes. That's a stretch for three. He's really a three, but it kind of played where McCoy typically would get in. Yep. I just wanted to bring that up. Is like, it's we we see the, the they're gonna have a tight rotation. It is, and we we see the and I, I don't I, I think the transfer portal serves a a great purpose, but it's one of those where we got to be realistic about also where where guys are, are going and, and and understanding the situation and where, because I, I think he'd be, honestly, if you put him on UNC Wilmington, I think he's starting or he's playing 25 minutes and he's probably, he's still close to home and he's happier at UNC. Like, are you going to like, just because you're closer to home, are you going to be happier be, and not get off the bench? But it's, that was, if you put, do you feel consistent about you? Do you feel better about UNC as a regular season, like juggernaut, or do you feel like, Hey, they've been through in the tournament. They might actually be better in the in a tournament setting like they were last year than they were over a long course of a season. Yeah, I I think I think this team has that. There's two things going for them. Maybe one going against, one going for. They know they can do it. They they went to the championship. Obviously, had the biggest collapse in NCAA men's basketball history, which is amazing. But they know they can get there. So I don't think they're going to take a lot of these early games all that serious. I think their eyes are on March, which I get. So I think to answer your question, we may see them struggle like they did last year. You know, yeah. they may lose to a bad ACC team early in the uh, conference schedule. like, And then all of a sudden, February, March rolls around and, and they turn it on. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's the best start for them, but... Maybe they'll just have a little, uh, little, and they'll have to, and throughout the year, they're going to have to be a really good free throw shooting team. They're going to get to the line. I mean, they got get 30, they were 20. People are going to foul Baycott. Yeah. A ton. Baycott's just going to get absolutely hammered in the post. Yeah. Large. And if, if Caleb's driving and creating, like he's going to be getting the line and they're good free throw shooters. And and that's why I think you can almost mask if you're not going to shoot a ton of threes and not shoot them at a good clip. If you're getting to the line and you're scoring with a clock stop there and you're getting good possessions that way. That can be great. Um, it is interesting. Ken Palm has them at eighth, eighth in offensive efficiency and fourteenth in defensive efficiency. Um, and they're guarding like they're and so we'll 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 see. But they they took did not take a ton of threes. Um they're not no, they they really did shoot, didn't. And they did not shoot the three well and they gave a lot of offensive rebounds, which those are like glaring things that stand out. But once again, one game sample size, they are pro- they're the most talented returning team of anybody. So I'll give them their flowers now for the preseason, even though neither of us want to. No. All right, let's talk about Gonzaga. Um, the best stash in college basketball is back. Drew Timmy. Um, 
let's just say too. I mean, we've talked about this on other podcasts. NIL allowing players to stay slash maybe they're not happy with where they're at. But in previous years, I would say without NIL, Timmy's gone, all of UNC's gone, and they're just take, taking their chances. You know, if they end up in the G League for a couple of years and then they go to the NBA, great. But man, this makes for it actually makes for like true player rivalries. Like when was the last yeah. time we had, you know what I mean? Like no, hundred percent player, right? Not, not Duke UNC is always a rivalry, but like player rivalries. I mean, like, yo, we need to get like payback for last year type stuff, which is, which is just awesome. But anyway, um, we are hearing, I mean, everyone's hearing the not so secret scrimmage that Gonzaga played Tennessee last Friday. Correct. And Tennessee, we heard gave it to him a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they're going to miss Chet more than, I mean, I think, I don't know if it's a surprise to say that obviously, but like, him and Timmy were big time. Now that it's just Timmy, how do we feel about Gonzaga? I'm I'm not nearly as high on them as everybody was last year. It's going to be interesting because I think if you go back to – for me, it's about their interior defense and their ability – and really, it's, it's more defensively. A, I think they're shooting. They're going to find shooting, whether it's – I think – Julian Strother is going to provide a bunch of shooting. Um, yeah. Obviously, Rasier Bolton. Bolton um, was three or four last night. My thing is that you're taking your rim protector that you had in Chet away. Two years ago, we stepped back and drew Timmy in the national championship, and I, I love Drew Timmy. He's one of my favorite players in the last decade. Just absolutely got torched in every single ball screen defensive scenario, and he's got and to his credit, he's gotten better physically. He's there's always going to be limitations there. Now, my question is, there is the depth they have, and they, they've got a bunch of different post players they can rotate in. It's Efton, yeah, Efton Reed, Ben Gregg. Though, though it's, are they going to go? I think the question is, are how often are they going to be going small with like Timmy at the five? Or how often are you going to put him at the four, play more inside out and, and, and put like an Efton Reed in there? And have a room because it's just going to be a different look, like than 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 what it was last year. And I and I think um, defensively, we're going to learn pretty quick. I mean, they play, and and honestly, and we were talking about scheduling. I'll give so much credit to Mark View because they they've scheduled as well as anybody. Probably tougher. They play Texas. They play Kentucky. They Michigan play Baylor, State. They play Alabama. They play Michigan State. Like they, they have play, an insane schedule. And 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 even outside, like, but I, they, have to. they have to. They have to. I believe, and I don't know the stat. I, I don't have the exact stat, but I believe it was the last three years. Everyone wants to knock that. Oh, they can't win the big one. They don't play good teams because they play in the West Coast Conference. I believe in the last three years, they have more quad one wins than any team in the entire country. Or the last of the course, of the last three years. So they play good teams. I I worry against other like big physical team, athletic teams like Tennessee is. Like Tennessee is a strong like very solid defensive team. Um, I worry a little bit about that. Um, but I mean, honestly, like Efton Reed, some of these guys, like they can be good. It's just, I, I, I think this team's not going to be as good out of the gates as they have been the last two years. Cause you don't have a Jalen Suggs to just be a stud. You don't have a, you don't have Holmgren that's a unicorn. You have drew Timmy and drew Timmy's been around the block. And that's why you're going to rattle off a one Oh four to 63 win against North Florida. But are you going to run undefeated through December? I don't think there's any chance of that. But I also I wouldn't be alarmed if they lose to Kentucky or they lose to Baylor. And it's like I'm going to say sound the alarm or anything like that. I just think that the gradual course of the year is real in the development of these guys that um, is really going to be the biggest key there. They're going to need Malachi Smith. They're the transfer from Chattanooga to be really good. Looks like he had a good first night, 15 points in about 30 minutes. Talking about UK, how Gonzaga is going to guard Shibway, don't know. Talk about another guy, NIL, not going to the NBA. We talked about it last year when he made the decision. Um, you know, reigning player of the year. They Wheeler uh, being back. And he's a little banged up, though. Um, I, who are you talking about? Wheeler, Wheeler not Shibway. Uh, okay, I thought – because my biggest question with Kentucky is when is Oscar even going to play? Because it's very, very weird and mysterious right now what's going on with him. Yeah, I haven't seen too many new, but but Wheeler was banged up too. Wheeler didn't play. Oscar didn't play, and I believe um, 
They missed someone else last night as well. I only um, saw and, like the last ten minutes because I was flipping back between uh, Duke and yeah, uh, and I, I and I didn't watch much of them either. Um, but it is yeah, they did not have it was basically like their three best players. So um, and they still won really, by thirty. I mean, it was Howard, but yeah, Jacob Howard, Toppin but, had fifteen. Casey Wallace had fifteen. C.J. Frederick had twenty. And um, we'll see them against Michigan State in the Champions Classic next Tuesday, um, and then we'll see them again. In, November 20th. So that's the week before Thanksgiving. Um, they'll play Gonzaga. Um, and that's a weird, it's interesting. It's in Spokane, but it's not at the kennel, which sucks. It's at like Spokane or who knows. I, I didn't know that Spokane was big enough to have two large arenas, but they're playing there. Who knows? I mean, Cal, they're playing at Spokane arena. And they said, Oh, to have more fans and all that. It's not going to be as much of a home court advantage as it would be if it was at the kennel where the fans and the students are literally right on top of you. Yeah. Um, but they are playing in Spokane. So it's uh, it's I think they are calling it a home game for Gonzaga, but it's not at the kennel. Um, if I put my I, I really just don't know if Oscar Shibway is going to be back by then. I mean, have we heard anything about it? Like he's just been hearing? very, very, very quiet. Like he's like, oh, of course, you know, but it's just. It he hasn't been practicing, and that's my thing. It's like if you're not pra- and you're a big man like that, you're not practicing, you're not getting reps in. Like you're not. Cal's not gonna just throw him out there on Tuesday night against Michigan State and let him. And like maybe he plays limited minutes and you get that. But I, I think a is he actually healthy? Because you don't just have a minor surgery like to clean. Like it, they, that's the way they made it seem all along. Oh, they clean some things up, minor surgery, blah blah. blah. I, I just think that they're. They're co- not covering anything up, but I I think no. that there's a lot more there that um, be cause for concern. And so it, I don't. And once again, I don't think that changes. I think it he did say he did. Shibwe said um, on media day that he anticipated being ready for the opener. No, so. and, and he didn't, which he didn't play in. And then they had an exhibition, or it wasn't an ex- they had another? They had another game recently where they did not make him available to the media at all that's what throughout it's like they didn't want him talking oh it it was yeah it was there i think it was their exhibition um when it was just like kentucky people there anyways they don't even have to ask him hard-hitting questions um they've not made him available um for whatever reason i mean they they'll be tested far and away in the sec like the sec is absolutely loaded um but uh, could it cause some stumbling blocks early? Like, could it cause them to stumble out of the blocks? Yes, because yeah, they don't no have them, But I mean, they they're still. I mean, I, I would pick talented. Gonzaga over them without their top three. I mean, that's easy. Yeah, I mean, I would too. But that and that's it's just a weird unknown situation. Um, but we'll see. I mean, they and believe they did not shoot. They did not shoot well from the the one glaring weakness I saw. Um, was they were sixteen of twenty eight from the free throw line last night. Um, that's, great. A little, that's that's a little scary um at home at rup but um they played how many i mean i grand uh i guess how many guys did he play here he played five played eight he had an eight guy rotation without those three the CJ other frederick the other, was really good um the yeah. iowa kid just pumped and, yeah. and left and right so and he played like so of the starters like he he played 30 minutes jacob Toppin played 32 like i was going to go away but like the ben, the three bench guys played 25, 20, and 14 minutes. I, I'm interested to see once Severe and all those and, and Oscar come back, how that changes and if they're going to play that deep. Um, but yeah, but it'll be um I, I they're they're as talented and they're proven. I think they've got um a chip on their shoulder from losing to St. Peter's in the first Damn round. I hope so. So I am yeah. interested and I, I'm happy once you like that Oscar's back. I just want him to be back. I don't want these you got know, all these uncertainty around it. Um, all right, let's go to Houston. Um you could argue that the past four years they've been the best defensive team in the country. Um, probably don't you expect also that. argue. I think you can also argue that Marcus Sasser is like the best pl- he is the yeah. best player, even best guard. Definitely, I think definitely make the argument best guard. You can even make the argument for best player, and they didn't have him. Um, they didn't have him last year. I think what did he play? Four yeah, he games, got hurt four what, games in January or even before that. I can't even remember. Um, um, how many? They played 12, 12 games. Yeah, twelve. So. Okay, so basically the non-conference. Um, yeah, I mean, Sasser was hurt. He comes back. Um, they have another good, they got a first rounder, the kid, uh, Jerace Walker. Um, I mean, they're going to be great. I, I, like literally people are describing it as like, they can't find weaknesses in the roster. Um, Houston, I think if we're making any bets or guesses, Houston's my early pick for, for Natty chip. 
I mean, I think they're the most complete team in the top 11. Uh, yeah. Maybe with maybe with Baylor, uh, you know, I mean, UNC, of course, but like Houston's unbelievable, man. Yeah. And I, they're, they're so solid defensively. And I'm looking at, and I, I'm not going to sit here and talk like I know a lot about Northern Colorado, but they held Northern Colorado to 36 points. Northern Colorado was a, and they lost, I think they lost a lot from last year. They won 22 games last year. They held them to 36 points. I mean, no, they are going to absolutely guard, dominate defense as, as well as anyone. I mean, honestly, they play, um, they play Virginia in a few weeks, and, or no, actually, sorry, mid uh, right before Christmas. They play them on December seventeenth. Ken Palm has that projected sixty-three to sixty. I, I, I'd That's be very too surprised high. if he if too high. gets to sixty. Now, okay, I don't know if Virginia is as good defensively as they typically are, but like that's going to be just a grind it out. But they, in my opinion, if I had to, and and, and I have no problem saying this, if I had to put money on any of these eleven teams making the Final Four, I'm most confident. Not winning a national championship. I am most confident in Houston of any of these top eleven teams to make the final four. Yep. And they've been I, there. They they did I mean they didn't they didn't have a good showing in the final four two years ago, but they I mean Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. They, they've they've been there. Kelvin Sampson, I don't even know if you can call him underrated anymore. I mean it's proven, no. but he is like it's but it's, we laugh, it's, it's we incredible laugh what like, they've done there. Like Kelvin Sampson is the poster child for college basketball 20 years ago being the moral authority and basically scapegoating Kelvin Sampson for text messages. Meanwhile, four or five years later, Kansas comes in with a, with a crappy little suspension. Bill self's not going to coach a couple games. (laughs) Like it's how it is crazy. Like it's one of those like alternative uh, reality type things. time like, thing if you look at like what indiana basketball how different that would be if kelvin sampson was still there how different like just basketball as a whole because yeah it, it is crazy and and they scheduled well i think they i mean they're playing oregon on the road looking they play saint mary's a semi-home not sure where they're playing that they're playing alabama they're playing virginia and they did a home and home with virginia last year they just smoked virginia um and then Obviously, they'll get into the uh, into conference play, and they'll play some good teams. They'll play they'll play Memphis, they'll play Cincinnati, they'll play Wichita. Um, they'll have some good games in conference, but like I, I think they're gonna probably they're projected to go twenty six. Like I really think going into the conference tournament, I can see them being like twenty eight and three. Like yeah, for sure. Like and they're gonna be strong. They're gonna be a top three seed at worst in my opinion i can't see how honestly i really can't see how they would fall lower than a three seed no um and and i just think that they're they play such good defense and they have really strong guard play and and i said if you have a guy that you can literally give the ball to and marcus sasser and create offense and you're creating empty possessions for the def uh, when you're on defense it's a recipe for success um all right let's talk about kansas another um let's talk about their schedule first Duke, NC State, Seton Hall, Missouri, Indiana, Harvard, Kentucky, all on the non-conference schedule. Very well done. Um, I think they lost too much, man. I I don't see them making another run. Um, Remy Martin, Brown, McCormick, Abaji. Yeah, that that seems like too much to me. Yeah, I it, it's hard. I mean, they've got. It's the thing. Like, I don't want to ever doubt. Like Jalen Wilson is going to be as probably he's an all-american candidate easily um and, and apparently grady dick is absolutely awesome like as a freshman you've got talent they're always the best name there is and 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 at the end of the day like i don't want to doubt i don't want to doubt bill self like we how many times have we talked about that of like you always find a way i it, it's hard i mean it's it, we see how hard it is to repeat or to come especially when you lose so much they're going to get um, tested throughout their non-conference too. Like they really, just the big 12 is a gauntlet, man. The big yeah. 12, like is an absolute gauntlet and you're, and they're playing Kentucky again in the, um, in the, in the sec big 12 challenge, I believe. Um, oh yeah. Then, and I remember I'm looking at their schedule. There's the big 12, big East battle this year. So that, uh, that's why they're playing Seton hall. I forgot about that. So they're in, I mean, they're in the state farm classic. They're in the Champions Classic. They're in the Battle for Atlantis. They're in the Big 12 Big East Battle and the SEC Big 12 Challenge. 
I mean, not a, not even including the fact that they're going to have to play Texas a couple of times. They're going to have to play Baylor twice. Yeah. They're going to have to play Texas Tech. They're going to have to play TCU. They're going to have to play like it, it, they're they're having an absolute gauntlet of. I, I don't know if anyone has a tougher schedule than they do potentially. Like every single thing is an A or B matchup pretty much. Um, and, and so I, I I think am I confident? I don't I don't I I think they're. For me, in my opinion, looking at them, I think it's a Sweet 16 team. I don't see it as a Final Four team. Yeah, I agree. And that's sweet because I think Bill Self, like they're it's Kansas and they're going to be consistent. They're going to be good. Um, but I would not be. I, I would be. I would be surprised if they got back to to another Final Four. Agreed. Um, all right, let's go to Baylor. Another team that returns a lot: Flagler, Cryer, Bridges. Um, super experienced team, probably up there with Gonzaga and UNC in terms of what they return. Um. Can they make another Final Four run? I mean, do you feel they, as good? Do you feel as good about Baylor as you do Houston? I honestly, those are probably the two teams I'm probably most confident in. To be honest with you, yeah, I don't hate. I that. like you. I like UCLA as well. Um, but like, if I, 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 I don't, I don't feel as confident in Baylor as I do with Houston. But I, I, if I had to pencil in Final Four teams, I, I would put Baylor in there. I mean, they, they have experience. They have great guard play. They have depth. Like they can go all. I mean, they just put 107. Now they're playing Mississippi Valley State. No knock at them. They put 117 points on them, and they're a good defensive team. Once again, like they're going to get tested throughout the entire, um, throughout the entire season playing in the Big 12. Um, but honestly, in that, and I'm as a Virginia fan. Like Virginia plays them um, less than two weeks. They play Friday the 18th. Um, that is, I'm I'm very very scared to play them uh, just because of the different threats that they pose and just they've proven to be really, really, really good. I mean, you look at it last year, what they went, went 27 and seven last year, obviously won a championship in 21 going 28 and two went 26 and four the year before that. Like they're just, and, and guys like from all those teams, like being back, like, I mean, they don't, obviously it's not Davion Mitchell anymore. And so but like, they've got like Flo Thamba is the present, like Flo Thamba is his senior year. Like, He's been on what this is a 325 plus win teams. Like you just get winning guys, you're gonna get like I, I don't see a drop off there by any means. So I, I think um Baylor would be my pick to win the Big 12. And I think probably the most second most confident team I'd say to to make the final four. All right. All right. And, and you- it took a while to get to this point. I didn't believe in Baylor for a long time, but it um something happens when you like I feel like once you get to the mountaintop and that flip a switch, and then it's just like, it all right, like it changes keep your- building. Changes your brand a little bit. Um, all right, let's talk UCLA. Will a West Coast team win for the first time since 1997? I think probably not. Um, but they got Tiger Campbell back. He had 14 points last night. That's, what, uh, what you... He had 14. I know he was hurt uh, a lot. Amari night. Bailey. Do you know the Amari Bailey uh, background? No, give it to me. Amari Bailey is the reason Drake was showing up to Sierra Canyon games. Oh, well, with the mom? <laughs> so it's... We got some showtime coming in now. Yeah, Grant, I, he made Dude, it. Yeah. That was Amari, wild. Amari Bailey's a stud. Um, a Sierra Canyon kid. I I think I like UCLA a lot. I that like was that like, whole parking lot line, wasn't it? We've we've talked. Yeah, that Michael B. Jordan in there. Like, I mean, it's it's insane. It was like an NBA All Star game at a high school. But yeah, really. Um, the the fact though that both I think everyone that looked at it from the outside thought that um mick cronin is a weird like didn't make sense higher no but it's this weird level of like mick cronin brings this toughness and intensity and a defensive presence to a school that no i was like ben how they play great defense in there too but like you don't think of ucla as a team but they've got guys that can score they're gonna play tough they're gonna play good defense like i, I and they have a bunch of experience i mean they same as baylor like Everyone to say like everyone had so such high expectations for them last year because they're coming off a of Final Four, and the fact that a twenty-seven and eight season with a Sweet Sixteen where they lost to Carolina, who went to the national championship, is like a disappointment. And they bring back like I do think they they will miss Johnny Juzang, um, but they bring back some really key pieces. And if you can get the guys like Amari Bailey, if you can get like Dylan Andrews, Mackie, Tien, some of these young guys, a freshman to really grow up along these leaders, they, I, I think they're going to run, run through the PAC 12. So Arizona is still going to be really good. Um, and even USC will be good, 
but they, uh, I, I, I like them a lot. And I, I think when it comes down to it, the guard play and the experience, um, they're, they're going to be really, really solid. Dude, is Creighton going to make a run? I mean, and did they get the best transfer with Baylor Shireman? Like, are they going to make a run? Dude, Ryan Nemhard, the two Ryans, Kyle Brenner and Nemhard, like, they both return. Like Creighton's interesting because they that was one when and and obviously close to us when Ohio played them two years ago in the tournament, it was kind of one of those things like in that game we were saying that, um, hey, be on the lookout like next year like this past year is is the year like Creighton's going to be really good. They're bringing a bunch of guys back and they still have some they've gotten transfers and the way they play, like they they're going to fill it up. They're going to score well. I mean, I'm looking at last year's team. Um, they didn't shoot well, which is weird. Like they were a really poor three point shooting team, but the year before that, like they were a top 25 offense efficiency. So that's the only weird, that's the one weird thing for me is like last year, I was expecting them to be so good offensively when they came in and they were much better. They made the jump defensively, but they fell off on offense. Can they, can they build off that? Can these transfers that they got really kind of build up the the offense that was was lacking last year um all right how, how they fit are they end up they lost to kansas by seven in the second round i completely forgot how they ended up but i mean we'll see they are they went 23 and 12 last year i'd say 25 i i'd go better than that for sure i mean they, they but beat st thomas 72 to 60 last night and they're not they play texas they don't have a crazy hard schedule non-conference wise um out in the, texas is really their only their their major matchup there um but yeah i mean i it's i'm not as high on creighton i i i think they're probably even better teams even in the i yeah i know jay wright's not there but i almost put even villanova ahead of them um all right we got two left arkansas and tennessee let's talk tennessee i'm kind of shocked i mean now that i'm kind of rereading uh what we put together like they're going to start probably four seniors. You know what I mean? So who else returned more than them this year? Um, they got the the tiny point guard, um, Ziegler, the 5'9 kid. Uh, he's quick as hell. Um, you know, four yeah, they seniors. They started two no... seniors, two juniors, and a freshman last night. Um, and then they brought in oh, the, so re- who, the guys off. Tell me who off... they started. So they started Devontae Davis, um, played uh-huh. 39 minutes as a junior. Ricky Council as a junior played 36 minutes and he had 22 points. Um, we had Anthony Black as a freshman that played 30 minutes, um, and then Makai Mitchell 20 minutes, um, and then started Kamani Johnson. I don't know if he got hurt or what. He only played nine minutes um, as a senior, and then he brought Trayvon Brazil, a sophomore, off the bench, um, and Jordan Walsh were the only ones who got significant. So they really only had. A few guys. They didn't. They didn't play a really deep team, uh, or they didn't. They didn't play a deep lineup. Um, but no, I mean, I, I go back and forth with the must bus. It's hard. Um, I, I don't really want. And, and they, I, I hate. They. It's not a knock at them, but I mean, they're the opposite of Gonzaga in terms of scheduling. I mean, they're playing. Look at the Ken Palm rankings of two hundred five, two twelve, one twenty eight. 91 204 232 102 like he's gonna dude you just had me so confused this whole time because i thought you were talking about tennessee and then you said must bus and i was like wait i don't recognize i'm like you're talking about arkansas this whole time i'm like here we are i mean no yeah that was all arkansas so i mean i know i know i know that was all arkansas keep going no that no that was all arkansas and that that's that's my point it's like i don't I don't know what to think. Like they all, he, he's, they've, they've, they've outperformed my expectations for him the both of the past two years. Um, and they do. And like, you said, I mean, you weren't wrong. Like they do bring back a lot. They, like I said, they, they bring back a lot of those guys. Um, but I, I, I don't like the way he's, I don't like the way they schedule and I get, they, they run a gauntlet in the sec. So they don't need to schedule hard in the, in the regular season or in the, in the non-conference. But um I, I, it's one of those where I don't think we're going to know about them until we get into like February. I think you get yeah. it like the month of January is going to like January and February and show what they are. Like, I don't think we're going to learn that much about them. Their two toughest non-conference games are against Oklahoma and Troy. Like, no, not Oklahoma, and Troy. Oklahoma and Louisville. Like those, those are the two, the two toughest games they've got. So, um, which Oklahoma just lost their first game yesterday, and then Louisville lost an exhibition game to Lenore Ryan. So, yes. um, yeah, uh, it, it's it's hard. I, I mean, 
the 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 proof is in the pudding. Moss has had some a lot of success with them since he's gotten there. Um, I mean, shoot, he was a game away from the Final Four last year um, against against Duke. So I don't want to doubt him. Um, but I do think losing JD Note is is big. I even think losing Chris Likes hurts. So it'll be it'll be really interesting to see that. All right, now Tennessee, the Tennessee, Tennessee <laughs> Ziegler. That's what I was talking about. But will like Rick Barnes gets a bad rap for like being really good in the regular season and then bailing early in the tournament, which happened again. I again, I think they're too good for that to happen. Like that was kind of a a fluke. I mean, I dude, I had Tennessee in my Final Four, so my bracket was like ruined <laughs> right away. Yeah. Um. I don't know if they're fine. I don't know if they'll get back, but you know, it would be pretty disappointing if they don't at least get to the sweet 16 this year. This, this can't be right. This can't be right. I, I don't know if I'm reading this correctly or not. And I need you to check this. Well, can you pull up the box score for Tennessee last night and confirm to me that they had 44, three point attempts. Oh, that they went 14 of 44 from three. Are they just turned into some gunners? Like, are, and that's like, Unless Campon's wrong, like I, I had I three wait fourteen for forty three, I have fourteen of forty four. Yeah, fourteen to forty four. I have that thirty one percent. They shot forty four three point attempts. Can you imagine that green light as a team made nine free throws? Because the thing is that, and, and that's what's going to come down. Like they are a really good defensive team. Last year they finished third in efficiency. Year before that they finished fifth in efficiency. Like they're of a strong like, and they've got. Like you said, they've got a ton of experience, as much as really anybody in the country, and a deep bench. Like I actually love Josiah Jordan James. I love like they've got good players. They brings in good talent. Are they just going to be like heaving every night? Like forty four attempts from three is wild. It's a lot. It it's it kind of just seems like they settled. I mean, I didn't see any of the game, so we'll have to watch it. But um, yeah, that'd be wild if they even av- even if they average half that. It's too much. Tennessee would be my favorite out of the SEC uh, if we're going to be here. I think because of the defense that they bring, it's one of those like it's same as and there are people that are saying like I like Virginia in, in the regular season. Like UNC is the best team in the country, but I think there's value in Virginia winning the ACC because just the consistent you see you bring on I'm bringing the defense on a nightly basis. That's the thing. Like Tennessee is going to play good, hard defense every single night. Um it's going to be how many of those 44 three-point attempts are going to be going in. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's the 11. Let's well, you round left up. out. The, you left out. Did we not do everything? You left out your team. Oh, my God. We didn't do Duke. I mean, this we talk about. Historic we talk about, podcast moment. Paul forgot to talk about Duke. We, I mean, we talk about him so much. Um, yeah. I mean, it's we, it, it almost doesn't even feel worth it because they don't even have their team yet. I mean, their two best players, the number one and number two kid in the class. Is not they're not playing. So like, yeah. it was weird. I would say um, Jeremy Roach picked up right where he left off, eighteen points. Uh, that, really but good. that's what you need. You don't need him to be. You don't need him to be. I'm trying to think like a. a you don't need him to be. Really, even R.J. Davis or Caleb. You just need him to be like the glue guy. Like steady he Eddie getting you sixteen and eight, like steady Eddie. Honestly, like if you if. If you're getting like 14, honestly, is 14 and five like is that good I mean, numbers? I for would him? hope it. I hope it's more. I mean, I hope it's 17 and six, to be honest. But yeah, yeah. somewhere in there. I mean, look, Jeremy Roach picked up right where he left off. The surprise was Mark Mitchell. Um, he had 18 points. He shot 50% from the field. Uh, he looked really good. He was aggressive defensively. Yeah. Um then, he, then it was the only just- thing I'll say about Mitchell, my my takeaway from him, at least and I think he'll settle in so much more. And some of these freshmen uh, you see is like they're going from being the guy and doing, they can do whatever they want. Like on all, they have all this freedom. And it's almost, he wasn't playing reckless, but it's just like, Hey, those plays, some of the plays early, like in the early in the first half that he was kind of going and just like taking the ball. I'm not expecting him to try and make those plays once they get into ACC play and he's figuring yeah, it out. Yeah. But the fact that you can see the talents there and you can see that they will develop and they will get better. Um, he he just screamed absolute talent to me. I was very very impressed, no but I think it's one that like he's going to continue have to continue to develop and fall in. But it, it I just wish we could have seen Derek and Derek. Are yeah. they both? Is that it's are they both Derek or is it Derek? No, it's Derek. Why Derek? Okay. 
right, um, that'd be interesting. So yeah, Lively is going to change the entire team. I mean, he's a footer. Uh, he's going to change everything how they look. Like Filipowski is going to be the conundrum. Like I, I haven't figured him out yet. He made some unbelievable plays, passing plays. He made some very bad passing plays. At one point, he was trying to give the ball to the post, and Ryan Young, he just threw it out of bounds. Yeah, three turnovers. Um, yeah. So he he had he he's kind of confusing to me still. Um, Twelve rebounds Ryan and Young, two blocks, though. We start off well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ryan uh, Young is going to be. That's like one of the best transfers that Duke's had, and he's basically like not the same player at all. But he's going to do the same thing that Theo John did last year of just like four year guy. Knows how to play because he'll slide to the bench once those guys come back. Right? I'm assuming. I think Young might stay at the four early on, man. I I mean Filipowski, I don't see starting. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's going to be Roach. He played this. He played the. He and Roach were tied for the most minutes. They each had 32. Yeah, I think it's Roach, Whitehead, Young, Lively, and then that three position is up in the air. Is it Proctor? Is it Filipowski if you want to go big? Just weird. Um, I think that I think the uh the disappointment was Tyrese Proctor. He he kind of just looked a little off, but again, it's one game. Um, yeah, there are, I don't know, man. I think overall just wanted to get off to a good start in the Shire era, which happened. Um, it felt weird. It felt very weird. People were not I didn't I didn't think so. You probably I, from watching it, I I I from an outsider standpoint, not as a Duke fan. I, yeah, there, there, it was, there's definitely, it, it, it wasn't the same, but I didn't think that Shire didn't look like he didn't fit in or anything like, oh, like, no. like, like that. That was the most important, like Shire commanded the, the, I was like, commanded the attention of the team, but his presence I thought was strong. His yep. leadership looked from an outward perspective, looked strong. Duke, like the crazies were the same as, as they always were like that, that didn't change. I they weren't great. Okay, it was great, but it was. I mean, in fact, like I don't, I don't think that like Cameron doesn't look any different. The crazies don't look any different. I say like that's that, and that's I think what was is the transition that happens. Like, all right, you swap out K, bring in Shire. Everything else is really staying the same. They're going to sell out every single game. They're, I mean, freaking Delaware tickets are one hundred and fifty dollars just to get in on a November Friday. So like, it's Duke basketball. But um, I do hate like I, I. I, I texted you like I I hate that I have to dislike Josh Hire because I I, you I don't. like him a lot. I but, think honestly uh, that could that could be a shift for Duke basketball at some point because now you know the main well first of all the main reason people hate them is because they are good. Okay, that's why we hate anyone. You don't hate bad teams. So the you main can say that for other people. You can't. Say, that's not my. That's not, that is not the bro, reason. If why they I hate. were if they were Georgia Tech, you wouldn't hate them. You don't hate good. You do not hate bad teams. No, that's it. It's a contributing factor. It's I, the number I, one. I factor. dislike them. What? That's my point. Being like, I don't have a problem with Shire because I think that Coach K is a drastically different person than this person he tries to portray. But that's a different argument for another time. Sure, but why do you? Yeah, because they're feel in the spotlight. Because yeah. he won two chips in the nineties, then he won one in one, and then you're a UVA yeah. fan, and yes, but you know. He, if he doesn't win, then you don't give a shit if he's good or bad people. That's fair. That's fair. No. That's fair. No, that's nobody fair. Hate, I mean, nobody fair. hates the Mets. Everybody hates the Yankees. No, that's not even <laughs> true. There's a lot of people that hate the Mets for no good reason. Not for winning. Not for winning. Okay. Oh, that's, there, there's the difference. There's the difference. Oh, man. Even our own fan base hates the Mets. It's like, honestly, and that's the last point I want to talk about just is we got to talk about OU and just the. Well, the OU, that was, I don't, honestly, I don't even want to talk about OU, but. Mets fans, super negative, awful. I'll say this again. I've said it before. Virginia basketball fans, because you have a good, intelligent head coach, does not mean you are a intelligent fan base that knows more than the head coach. And if I see more Kihei Clark slander on my timeline, Wild. I'm going to delete the bird app from my phone. Elon Wild. doesn't have to kick me off. If I keep seeing Kihei Clark slander, this man took – it was a starting point guard on a national championship winning team – Four years ago, and we have half, at least a, half the fan base that not only doesn't want him to start, want him playing less than twenty minutes a game, and it's it's absolutely befuddling to me. And I get there's talented kids that you want to go. Same way we talk about Jeremy Roach being that presence, being the steadiness. 
No one puts better ball pressure on on a point guard than, in in the country than Kihei Clark. No one understands the pack line better than Kihei. No one understands the we talk. I, Coach Bowles on our last episode talked about their offense and how everything is read and react. No one knows that better of where the ball needs to go and where like than Kihei. So yeah, there's a freshman point guard that still played 20, 20, 20 22 minutes a game last night. Does not mean Kihei Clark needs to sit and be a player coach. So I'm glad they got the win. But I sent you some uh, screenshots. I mean, yeah, everyone's like, wild. this team's never going to win if Kihei keeps playing. Well, he's the one player in college basketball, one of the only college players in basketball right now that is a starter on a national championship winning team that's still playing. So yep. got me all riled up here. I know. Um, all right. Well, next week, uh, the Green Light Pod will be together. Um, so we're I'm flying down for Duke. Uh, Delaware and James Madison UNC so maybe we'll try and record an episode we probably won't but maybe we'll try Um, but either way we will catch you guys next week week one is off and running I'm just looking forward to the JMU Dukes being able to put um, put put 123 on UNC like they did uh, Valley Forge yesterday so be fantastic if they won Um, alright we'll catch you in week two of College Hoops until then, keep the ball bouncing. Lately, I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, then tell me what you're working for. Certain doors were closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pull, slush, rustles up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.